Welcome to Live Fully, an Ethan Naturals podcast. I'm Ethan co-founder Victor Chung, and with me is fellow co-founder Alexander Karp. Morning, Alex. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I broke my little like 48-hour fast. Whoa! What? I don't know why I decided. Yeah. The last two days. I don't know. (laughs) I came back from travel and then like it's kind of like a work groove and just decided to not eat like yes two days ago and then I was like, well, let's just do it again like yesterday and then now I decided. Okay, so my question is, what was your first meal that you had? Like, what you Uh, know after two days? Eggs and cheese. Lame. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta ease back into it. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I had steak available, that was not expired i probably would have eaten that so wait are you telling me the steak that i grabbed from the freezer is expired no that one's fine okay it's just good. like yeah <laughs> no. yeah we had we had a guy come in I, I didn't deal with him you actually dealt with him alex the guy that traded uh, yeah. kratom for steak yep <laughs> so we have steak in the freezer That's awesome. i think i saw some wagyu or something in there he was like wagyu burgers really well like how did he how know did he know right steak so much <laughs> that's hilarious so i can't wait i'm gonna take some tonight but Steak? Oh, steak? Oh, yeah. No, not for me. Yeah, it is. No, I was like, no. take some what? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? Uh, good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of one of those, I don't know, the, I mean, a little bit of hunger, and then it kind of just like goes away, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, went to the gym yesterday, and then the sauna, and then, I don't know, it's kind of like, I like, for me, being hungry is easier than like when I'm over full or stuffed. Yeah, I agree. Like when I travel back to the Midwest, and we just eat at least three meals a day and they're like giant meals and i'm like overstuffed and then we're going out to dinner again i'm like oh, i don't like this and then i just sit around and so i kind of just builds on itself so yeah. yeah but i do have this uh i put another glucose monitor on and these things will not let you fast if what? you get if you get anywhere low below like 55 i don't know milligrams nanograms of like glucose like per ml like Mm-hmm. theoretically it starts like sending alarms off and like Gosh. like to the point where You're like dying. You, yeah and you cannot <laughs> use the stuff without the alarm so it's like it's like beeping i'm like so it com- but yeah so it's Just it's kind of weird it beeps or it sends no it's in, into the phone. phone yeah it's into the phone but it's ironic because yeah i mean technically it's because you can kind of see where like it dips down to like 50 and then my body i don't know starts metabolizing fat or kind of starts converting and so it kind of then starts going back up and kind of hovers in that really low period mm-hmm. but these sensors if anyone was wearing the sensor and actually going off of it, it would start to get below or start getting low and start warning you and kind of get your blood sugar up. So like, I don't think these sensors will let people get to a fasting state even, which is kind of That's an interesting, odd, right? Because it could be a great way to get back to health. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. So it's it's an interesting dilemma that we have with health and food in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been doing fasting. Oh, okay. First off, that was totally not the topic for today. But do you want to just do an audible and just switch, talk about our travels since you're sure, might as well. Let's okay, yeah. sorry. Today we're going to talk about travels. So and uh, fasting in fasting because that's what uh, Alexander and I have done the last week or so. So we'll recount some of our travels. We haven't actually talked with each other besides work since we've come back yesterday. So I'm curious to see how your travels went. I'll tell you about some of my travels and my same issues you just mentioned about overeating (laughs) during travels to the Midwest. Uh, We'll get into all of that. So let's get started. Yeah, actually, I think that's kind of why since I've been traveling, since I went to the Czech Republic two months ago, then Thailand and now Mexico, I think since every time I was traveling, I was kind of 
eating more than normal and obviously just great food in in the Czech Republic, great food in Thailand, great food down in Mexico. And so when I come back, I'm like, okay, I need to like not eat so much. So maybe that's just kind of part of the natural like ebb and flow. When I came back, I was like, okay, like it was just easy for me to fast a little bit when I got back. Mm -hmm. Now, when you were, so you were eating three meals a day at least, right? Well, during your travels, Um, something like that. Probably, I mean, not too, yeah. I mean, I don't, not, I only eat that much when I go home and it's kind of the, you know, the (laughs) one activity my family does together is like we feed each other and eat and kind of like that side. So I mean, when I was traveling, there was kind of a lot of activities going on. So I wasn't quite eating as much, but, okay. but okay. just, yeah, good food around. And then since I'm traveling and kind of on semi-vacation, it's kind of like, oh, well, I'll eat more variety of food or, you know, break more of my nutritional habits when I'm traveling on that side because there's so much You're fun vacation, stuff to try. Yeah, 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 it's just like, it's good. So yeah, why would you restrict yourself to eggs and cheese <laughs> unless it's the most amazing cheese? Eggs are I don't know. I mean, eggs are some of the most amazing food available. Oh, I, know. I mean, if you think like an egg can literally create life, so it should have all the nutrients that yeah. we would want. I mean, I don't, I don't see there's any food that's going to be more nutritious or better for you than an egg, like yeah. of any kind of. Isn't it crazy? Animal. Like in the '80s, they like they were trying to demonize I eggs. Know. Like I remember that. Like this is like it was like I just an remember egg is bad for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't so eat more than bizarre. like two eggs. Your cholesterol go through your roof, and I was yep. so fearful. I'm like, I, I just want to eat a couple yep. eggs a day. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, fortunately, my mother never bought into that stuff. She was like, nope. I mean, same thing with like butter and so natural. It's like the whole like margin bandwagon. My mom was like, definitely not. We're like eating natural butter. We're going to eat eggs. We're going to eat just whole food, like great quality ingredients and prepared at home. None of this kind of processed mass manufactured food, which butter was the same thing, too. Yeah. They made butter seem like it was garbage. I know. Right. It's so ridiculous. So and you know what? And like last night, I made some vegetable soup. So whenever we get back from travel, I have you know, like probably like a lot of us, there's just like your staple meals that you eat mm-hmm. all the time, and then you go on extended travel, you miss it. You know, it, it could be really great food wherever you're going to, but you just miss like whatever that staple comfort food. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, Vietnamese people, we we eat a lot of just rice with some sort of like meat, uh, salty kind of meat dish. And then uh, a, a vegetable soup, and it's just very common. That's what you do. So, uh, so I, I crave that stuff when I get back. So last night I made it, and I was I wanted to do a steak, but the kids wanted spam. So I'm like, all right, we're frying up some spam. Uh, so anyway, we had that, but I added in uh, little quail eggs into the soup because like vegetable soup, they just eat it because like I, I force them to. I'm like, eat your vegetables, have some some soup, and they're like, eh, whatever. I threw some quail eggs in there, and they're just like, boo yeah, quail. <laughs> they just went, they're fighting for it. I was like, that's all I got to do. Just wow. add some eggs. So, yeah. Anyway. It's the novelty. Yeah, it's the variety. I've, I mean, I've heard that's part of like the... So when food companies want to create a, uh, a highly sought after a profitable food, it's like the three Vs. There's value. So you get, you know, get a lot of quantity for the money. Velocity. So it's something easy to eat a lot of very quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the last one is variety. So you get some kind of variety. So just that little bit of change of something a little bit different can incite or like excite people. Like, ooh, I get to try something different. And so even though it's, yeah, the same dish that you probably prepared, a little bit of change. A little change. This is like, oh, now I want more of it. And you know, my favorite thing is that when you put in the vegetable soup over the rice, 
you like you can just talk, that velocity you're talking about you could just slurp that stuff yeah, up so fast exactly. it's like, yep. like, Holy it's crap. like half I eating just, half drinking you're like no, 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 yeah. I'm, I don't need to chew this yes exactly it's so bad for you but then again like I'll eat that meal and I'll get I'll eat way more than I need to but I don't feel nearly as stuffed because you only like like a little bit of rice and a little bit of meat you're eating mostly like vegetable and broth. Mm. And Hopefully, so yeah. You know, yeah. you just feel. I feel fine. I feel full, but I don't feel like, oh my god. Yeah. Where, so where'd you go? And what was your? Yeah. So I went to. Uh, we went to the East Coast. Uh, flew into Philly. Spent a couple days there, and then we went to Jersey. And because of some poor planning by Lisa, my wife, <laughs> we went back and forth when we shouldn't have. So we did lots of driving, and I was in this crappy little. Sh- uh, you guys are driving a Chevy Spark. I'm sorry, but that thing is that thing was ridiculous. It was like a clown car. It's it's so tiny. And the four of us, right? Two boys and Lisa and I. Like when you're driving, I go over to like talk to Lisa and she's like right next to me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's and I put in her brother, you know, Edward. Edward is like whatever, 6'2, 250. I don't know. He's a he's a big, big guy. And him and I in the car. The car literally leans on his side. <laughs> And he has to put his, like, his arm is, like, touching my arm while wow. we're driving. It's it's wow. so crazy. Which is, like, it's fun when you do that in Europe because you're kind of in the setting and there's other small cars around. Yeah, you, you fit in, but no, not around here. Dude, giant dis- highways. I was disrespected on the road at every second. It didn't matter how fast I was going. Because I'm a pretty aggressive driver, but everyone just wants to cut you off. Everyone just assumes you're just slow and incompetent because you're in this tiny little car. It was so disrespectful. Anyway, um, so we went to Jersey, then went to Maryland, uh, Delaware. We just kind of bounced around whoever family was we went to, to visit. We spent some time in Jersey on the shore. So Jersey Shores, the whole... By the way, that show still goes on. Did you know Does that? it really? No way. Yeah, they still make new... There's like spinoffs now, and that whole original crew... I didn't watch any of it, but I saw a bunch of advertisement because we're you know, uh, in the Jersey Shore. Yeah. So like that's their demo. But yeah, I saw like there's like spinoffs of that show. I'm like, whoa, and they look... As you'd expect, they're like trying to retain that look, but they've aged. Some of so, them have kids now. They're, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. So anyway, um, we spent a lot of time there on the shore, too. But for the most part, we, we did try to cook a little bit because we had a, like an uh, Airbnb thing with the kitchen and all that. But even when we cooked, because Lisa's family is Italian, we just ate a ton of pasta. Like every meal was... Some kind of pasta with some kind of sauce and meatballs and all kinds of stuff, fettuccine, name it. We had it. And it's just like every meal is so <laughs> dense, <laughs> just like a big concrete, yep, yep. you know, lump in your belly. And it's <laughs> not like, a, I mean, pasta in Italy, like fresh made from kind of the ancient grains or the different like semolina flour. You can like traveling over in Italy, you can eat pasta and still feel great and not have the same food coma after but for some reason the pasta here is at least for me is very kind of noticeable and i I try not to eat much of it just because it tastes super good here and so you eat tons of it so easily i mean kind of like the rice side with pasta you can just eat a bunch of it and all of a sudden it's like oh no like i'm gonna go lay down for a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah and we had you know like it's it's family cooking too so you get this like homemade 
you know, spaghetti, I'm sorry, gravy, whatever they want to call it, spaghetti sauce. They call it gravy? Yeah. They call call spaghetti sauce gravy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the Midwest where there's so, like, there's different little, like, nuance there. Like, "Mm, okay. Gravy is not brown. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, they they make from scratch. So it's super delicious. Uh, That's cool. My brother Jimmy makes an amazing thing because he'll take a pork rib roast, uh, pork rib ribs, and then he'll cook it in the in the gravy itself so you get this meaty taste as well too which just takes it to the next level so you get all of that and then he makes these homemade like meatballs ah like i had already eaten like four days straight of pasta and then he bust out that meal and it was still like ridiculously good and then we just ate like way too much and then turn on the football game and just watch football for like four hours. You're just sitting there with a beer in your hand after eating a bunch of pasta. I just felt so useless. And of course, I took a nap. <laughs> like, That's what you do. <laughs> so, anyway, it was super unhealthy. I, I did a question for you, though. Um, you'd mentioned going to you know, the Czech Republic, Thailand, Mexico. So you had very different cuisine from literally like as far away from each other as you possibly could. Did, how did you feel about like your overall health and energy level like with those different kinds of cuisines? Was it any different? Um, I don't, not noticeable as much. Okay. I mean, but I think it kind of, yeah, it kind of goes back to how much alcohol was I drinking in the various locations. <laughs> so yeah, there was, there was more alcohol. Like, I mean, Czech Republic had some alcohol and beer because that's just kind of where pills so the the city of pills made invented pilsner that's where we get that beer from so i had obviously some pilsner in the czech republic just to pay homage to where it comes from and it calls and then so that i kind of noticed some of the sleeping side affects me or just kind of makes me a little tired um but again i think it just goes back to the if i try to do just intermittent fasting in general so eating more like two meals a day or kind of keeping a little bit longer so for me it's what I think is happening is that our body, and this is kind of what I've learned about circadian rhythm and just throughout the years of looking at nutrition and sleep, is that digesting food is a complicated process for our body to undertake. So there's a lot of work and stress that your body is doing to figure out what to do with these calories, whether it's carbs, fats, or proteins, and it's trying to do something with it. And if we're constantly just eating three meals a day and snacking, the body is constantly figuring out, oh, more coming in. Okay, we got to put this over here. Let's do this. And if you get in again, then it's kind of it's kind of like if you have a, f- a complete full day and you just got to go from one activity to the next, you kind of just get it done because you got to get the next one right away, right away. If you only have one activity to do, so if you give your body a little bit of time to digest, the body can take a little bit of time and start to break down the products more fully as well as then start to say fold proteins or make amino acids a little bit more carefully because it has the time to do so and that's kind of the benefit of any study that we've ever seen for scientific review calorie restricted diets especially for mice produces longevity over and over and over and that's kind of the thought is that the body has enough time to figure out say okay this food is coming in okay, we, we have a limited supply of it. Let's take the time. Let's really make sure we break it down. Let's make sure we fold the proteins really tight. Oh, there's some cells over there that are a little bit, say, weaker, where they're kind of, they're not the, the best cells in our body. The body will then actually reform those cells, break the cell down and create a new cell just to make it 
you know, more robust for survival. And that's wow. kind of the thought on longevity and why calorie restriction works so well mm-hmm. is because our body takes the time to create things in a more robust way, as well as an it kind of just needs to for survival. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on folks saying in the morning, I have to have some breakfast because I work out, I live an active life. And I need it for the energy. Like I don't want to work out on an empty stomach, you know. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And so, what I know from the circadian rhythm is that uh, circadian rhythm is where we're awake during the day, and then we have kind of a, a nighttime sleep process. And same kind of thing. So during the day, our body is stressed. Kind of everything in nature seems to be a cycle of on and off, or some kind of cycle back and forth. Whether I mean, daylight's the best example, right? Everything and animals are generally well, unless they're nocturnal. Obviously, daytime animals are nocturnal. They kind of switch back and forth. And so for us, it's, yeah, we're awake during the day. Our body is getting stress. Muscles are working, using calories, that sort of thing. But then during the nighttime, generally you need the repair process to undo the damage or the cost of that effort that was the body was doing. And that actually correlates a lot to sleep side, where if people eat late at night, the body is then working and digesting overnight rather than sleeping, repairing, and doing what it should. Mm -hmm. And so from the one talk that I saw was that in order to really help improve and get to a natural circadian rhythm, help improve sleep, the best is to do intermittent fasting where you're, say, not eating past 8 p.m. or leaving a little bit earlier, kind of depending on age. And so Mm -hmm. that side, so yeah, I would say that would be perfect. And that's also, I mean, breakfast is really an evolution of break fast. So you're breaking your fast in the morning which kind of should be, yeah, that's, so I would say that if that's how you do it, then the better way would be to, or could be to improve sleep by, you know, starting to fast the night before, where after the early evening time, do not eat late, let your body digest. And then that time in the morning, you will be hungry. It would be a good time to break the fast. And then, yeah, you'll have all the nutrients and kind of ability for the next day. Mm -hmm. Because for me too, I've noticed it's more, It's more about what I eat in the morning that causes me to either, you know, if I eat a bunch of like sugary cereal, which really is not healthy for us. And somehow that is an okay breakfast in the U S but it's really just a sugar rush. And then especially cereal, it's kind of these large flakes, these large kind of puffed, you know, grains or corn or or some kind of carbohydrate. So it kind of makes you feel full for a second. You can eat a bunch of it and then it goes away really fast. And then that sugar rush kicks in and then it kind of fades really fast. So that's where eggs and cheese are going to be more easy. That's that's what I choose to do. And I seem to have kind of a nice more, you know, eggs and cheese take longer to digest. It kind of gives me long sustained energy, the good fats, the proteins, Mm -hmm. and that's really going to help. Especially too, I've also seen... Uh, for me, I have a hard time adding weight, like when I go to the gym and part of what is recommended that I've saw some little bit of recommendations is that if I eat a little bit of protein a couple times throughout the day, because your body can only digest a certain amount of protein per say a given amount of time. So if you try to eat all protein in one sitting is going to be less effective if I'm trying to build muscle than if I eat protein, say twice a day. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're doing. Okay. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, yeah. it's always a evolution of getting back to a more healthy diet because there's so much good stuff around too and mm-hmm. visiting family, all that kind of stuff or going out with friends. But yeah. I find that if I just take some creative in the morning, I hate to kind of feel like I'm <laughs> just promoting our products, but that's just the, the honest truth of it is I just take some slim fit in the morning and I just wait 30 minutes and then I work out and I feel perfectly mm. fine. I don't feel I'm 
you know, diminished in any respect. If I don't take the Kratom, I don't eat anything, and I just go right into the workout, then yes, it's it's really hard to get going, especially the workouts that I do. I do like a high-intensity, short. I don't have that much time in the morning, so yeah. I only have 30 minutes, so it has to be just hit it really, really hard for those you know, 15, 20 minutes. And, yeah, Slim Fit is, is doing it for yeah. me. And then when I get to the office... I just drank some tea, so I drank our kratom tea. This time, I added in some uh, some green tea, I think, to it, and that's all I'm going to have until lunchtime ish, and that's when I'll have some some yeah. steak or whatever it is. I think I'm going to do bacon and eggs. Nice. Don't talk about eggs nice. so much now. I got to have some. <laughs> I'm going to do some eggs now for lunch, and then you feel great. You mm-hmm. feel great until until dinner. Yeah, so. I think uh, I think I remember from playing soccer back in high school on that side. Like I heard one time that. When we start exercising, if we get into like a really athletic event, it essentially gets the body to really focus on the glucose in the in the blood and really kind of getting some of the fat breaking down to supply the muscles with more uh, energy to use immediately, which means that adrenaline actually kicks in a little bit during that time. So especially if you're like in a competitive event, you kind of get a little nervous, I'm kind of ready to go. That adrenaline process actually stops our intestines and stomach from digesting food and focuses all the energy on just supplying the immediate energy versus trying to break down that food into longer-term energy supply. Oh, so that could be why if you start to exercise as well, then you don't really notice the hunger anymore is because your body's shifting into like a different metabolic state than trying to look for that hunger and trying to get calories in. Yeah, like a survival mode again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the body's optimize performance. Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. There's always trade-offs. All right, we're running out a little bit of time, but I do want to know, tell me just quickly, if you can, how was Mexico? What did you do? How was your adventure? How yeah, so uh, one of my good friends had a significant birthday, her 50th birthday, and she is a traveler, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, she's visited well over 100 countries. That's so wild. I mean, most of the time, I think even during COVID, she kind of traveled, I you know, the, like around that time, almost 50% of the time or a little bit less because like there was big restrictions in that time. But for the most part, she's traveling more than 50% of the time just away from her. So like that's how much she travels. And so she brought friends from all over the place, from like Australia, the UK, Paris. People came from all over down into Puebla, Mexico, which is actually where Cinco de Mayo comes from. Like the actual battle that we know now as Cinco de Mayo uh-huh. happened in Puebla. So there's a lot of history there. It's it's about two hours east of Mexico City. And interesting because it's it's one of the, I mean, it's a very large city compared to, I mean, my mm, exploration. Other, I've been to Mexico City a couple of times, once mm-hmm. with, with you. And yeah, so Mexico City is huge, huge city. It's one of the largest, most populated cities in the world. But then outside of that, for what I've gone into, like Tijuana, Valle de Guadalupe, kind of the Baja, Mexico, they're very small towns or cities, like very, very small compared to giant Mexico City. But Puebla is kind of in between. But it's interesting because Mexico City has much more of a European, Paris, Chicago, and Mexico kind of all mixed in together. It's a very unique feel for Mexico City. Mm-hmm. I say Puebla has more of a traditional Mexico heritage. And so you get you get a lot more of the history, you get kind of like the traditional shops and Mm -hmm. it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of southern Italy as far as like the buildings and just kind of the walking around. So it was a very, very cool area. That's cool. You were there the whole time? 
Yes. Yeah. And then I definitely used a lot of sunset kratom for the the pain, my back pain at that time. So there was a lot of there was a big party and dancing and around. So it was it was a good mix for me. Was there a was there a party for? I'm assuming there was a, an actual celebration, or was it just like an extended every night was partying? Um, it was. It was almost kind of like an alternative to a wedding for Linda. So it's kind of That's the... That's right, you mentioned Yes, it, yeah. yeah. So if, if people are familiar with Sex and the City, Carrie Bradshaw, the main character, there's a full episode kind of about this difference in culture where it's very common for people to get married, bring friends and family, everyone together, and kind of be surrounded by, you know, your family, extended family, or kind of chosen family. And so this was kind of Linda's appreciation for that, where she has not found somebody to get married with, but she wanted to bring all of her friends and family together and and celebrate just the importance that they've been in her life and that kind That's of really side. Sweet. So yeah, it was, so it was a bit. So there was there were several events where she had kind of throughout I think probably about a week or so, and then there was a main event on her birthday, which was she also, she had like an itinerary printed out for kind of like she arrived to, to the hotel of and she did. Was, and yeah, I mean <laughs> super. Awesome. I mean she planned so well and like I mean so yeah. much so that she she created seating charts and but positioned people next to people they do not know. But yet in a way that she knows the individuals that, oh, these two people don't know each other, but they'll probably get along. So she sat me next to like some of her essentially in-laws from Indiana and the table. So I kind of had some combination with them. They kind of knew about a little bit of me and that side. And then the the Pete I sat next to directly, he's a super avid mountain biker. So she kind of goes into those details of like, okay, like I want people to meet each other and experience and because you get a lot of enjoyment of meeting new people. And that's one thing. I've heard from some of these psychology uh, like uh, studies is that we all think that we want to just like say go to a doctor's office and we're just going to sit there and be by ourselves and we do not assume that we want to talk to people in general so this is kind of like a blanket kind of psychological analysis but yet when people do talk and meet strangers we always leave with a much more positive experience than we ever thought we would have had and so it's that kind of interesting yeah side and so yeah she linda does a great job so that's just like the detail she goes into plus like so many other you know details and yeah and it was a and but on that agenda the party was 6 20 started at photos and then dinner and everything until 5 a.m was on the agenda what (laughs) i mean she had a second like uh midnight snack at like 2 a.m come out like chili quiles like so just well planned out for everything Wow. I mean, obviously people could leave beforehand, yeah, but it's yeah, just kind of like the, but yeah, I mean. The fact was, that there is an itinerary yes. for you to go and party until 5 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I was going to say. So that's why there's a lot of sunset for like, you know, up around dancing and just like back. And yeah, for some reason, tight. sunset seems to really do well when I'm kind of in that tight aggravation. If I'm walking around a lot. My back is kind of trying to protect itself. Mm-hmm. Sunset does better for me in those situations than sunrise mm-hmm. but i find that i take it a little more frequently than sunrise So, like sunrise for me is every five to like eight hours but sunset i take maybe every like two hours for some reason interesting and so it it could just be that there's you know mitragynine is that four and a half hour half-life where painanthine and speciosilatine have more of a two hour one and a half to two hour half-life so that that's kind of some of my hypothesis on and what is the the difference there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so that uh, Alex is alluding to uh, our formulation for these two products, Sunrise and Sunset. You know, we measure all the uh, the known alkaloids 
uh, in Kratom. And then we use those results to then make these very different, in our hopes to make very distinct uh, varieties. So sunrise and sunset. Uh, and so, and sunset has the pananthine and speciosilatine, some of these other alkaloids that are, that are not commonly talked about uh, in kind of the kratom circles. But ironically, they're isomers of mitragynine, meaning they're the exact same formula. So exact same. If you see the scientific formula of like, you know, C8, so there's eight carbon, I don't know, 14 nitrogen, what I'm not sure what the actual formula is, but if you see that, it's identical for each one of those molecules. And so from that standpoint, they look the same, but they'll just be arranged in a slightly different manner. So in, in a 3D geometry, they kind of look slightly different. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really amazing that such a small effect or small difference can have a profoundly different pharmacokinetic activity in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Pretty much so. And that's why it's always interesting even though we've been doing it for so yep. many years which and that's actually the, the reason i traveled to thailand as, as part of it was they have a lab over there very nicely funded government lab but they do not separate out those isomers very well so the lab testing they'll say oh we have two percent mitragynine and some of the test results i've seen come back it's like well no it's more like 1.2 or 1.3 and then the other isomers make up the rest of that two percent so it can have very different effects are very different benefits without them understanding where it's coming from mm -hmm. and that's why when you when you buy kratom products from the vast majority of, of kratom vendors even though it's called the same thing we can go deep into all that we have plenty of episodes talking about all the naming conventions of, of kratom but it, very very often you're going to have different effects mm -hmm. even though you're using the exact same variety and, and not the strain. only botanical that has the that type of characteristic very normal and, yep yeah so just stick with ethan's what i say <laughs> all right we're going kind of long uh we'll end it there thanks alex for sharing your stories i have plenty of more questions to ask you but i'll do those off air <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And of course, uh, hopefully you get some insight into some of the ways we, uh, Alex and I, use uh, Eat the products, especially during our travels. Uh, if you've learned anything or enjoyed yourself, we'd really appreciate it if you supported the show by shopping at ethanaturals.com for all your Kratom needs. Also with Tomcat Ali, just recently re-released. Uh, so it's called Ether Revitalize. Uh, I'm sure we'll have an episode about all that if we haven't already recorded it. Uh, so tune in on that one. Today's topic, of course, was brought to us by ourselves, I guess. <laughs> but if you guys do have topics that you want us to cover, please shoot us an email or reach out to us on social media at Ethan Naturals or email us at podcast at ethanaturals.com. Until next time, I'm Victor. I'm Alexander. And as always, live fully. fully.